The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Bird Dog Shorts. Dominate summer with an amazing pair of shorts and a free Yeti-style tumbler. When you order over at birddogs.com slash pool, that's birddogs.com slash pool. Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Wednesday, June the 21st, currently 1.35 p.m. on the East Coast, here with our first official off-season episode, and we're talking about the 2023 NBA Draft today. We'll throw out some draft prop bets. We'll also talk about the big trade that went down in the NBA with Bradley Beal heading to the Phoenix Suns give our thoughts about that but joining me here to help me break it all down you guys know him as the voice of the tennis gambling podcast the nfl gambling podcast wnba nba and on the mlb pod it's scott studio Shell. scott what's going on my man uh, nothing much looking forward to going through the nba draft as well as the bradley beal sweepstakes whatever you want to call it but besides that i was supposed to have some action today in baseball and then the rocky switch pitchers so my bet my bet got voided and uh, yeah i got no action now so I feel like a fish out of water. Uh, so plenty of uh, baseball left throughout the day. I'm sure you can uh, find something else. But uh, maybe I've been beneficial to you because Rockies are up 3 nothing right now. But also joining us, he's been the draft guru for the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I have my pen and paper ready with this guy because I'm just here to uh, learn from Lante Smith. Lante, what's going on, my man? I know you've been knee-deep in the draft stuff. You said yeah. since, what, February? Yeah, man. Uh, I love this time of the year. Uh, perfect time. I mean, it's just not uh, – they don't give us a lot of props like, you know, the NFL draft. I mean, for obvious reasons, you know, with the different teams and different dynamics. But, uh, yeah, man, excited about the draft. Uh, honestly, kind of ready to get it over with so we can start, you know, looking forward to the 2023-2024 season. Um Oh, 2024, 2025, whatever it is. I don't know. 2024. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So we can get into that. And uh, yeah, man, just looking forward to breaking down some stuff. Uh, miss you guys. Talking some hoops with you guys. So, yeah, man, it's uh, you talked about the betting menu. It's not uh, a big betting menu as far as like compared to NFL draft. Obviously, NFL draft is always the king of the land and so is NFL. But, um, you know, there's still some value to be found for the NBA draft. I know they at least have top 10. Um, top 10 exact picks uh, for teams. And then you also have a couple of guys or a handful of guys where they've set the over under on. Um, I'll be honest, man. I know, like I mentioned, Lanta, you've been the guru for this. So we'll talk about the NBA draft first and some draft props. I know you guys, uh, you and Terrell were on the mothership with Sean and Ryan discussing uh, NBA draft pops and uh, props. And then a lot of markets from what you guys talked about on that pod, has significantly moved. So I have my pen and paper out, Delonte. I'm going to give you the floor, my man. Uh, if you want to take us to your draft props, obviously we know Victor's going number one. Yeah. It now seems like as of what overnight uh, to this morning that now Brandon Miller is going to be the number two overall pick going to Charlotte. That number is now sitting at minus 400 at some books. And then it starts getting interesting at number three because we heard a lot of rumors about Portland potentially trading the number three pick to get a win now player, whether that's a, you know, Zion Williamson was also rumored for the Charlotte Hornets and maybe for the Portland Trailblazers. Paul George, uh, we'll talk about him. I kind of connected with Brandon Miller here as well. But uh, Lante, I'm going to give you the floor, my man. Uh, kind of give us your thoughts about the NBA draft right now. And then if you want to take us into your, uh, your prop bets. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, 
uh, obviously big shift. Uh, Scoot was minus two fifty. Um, I think I seen as high as two seventy five, two eighty, uh, a few nights ago. And then Woj uh, comes out and says that he he gives the it's definitively. Uh, I guess he put it in in words without saying they're going to draft him. And, and then the markets move because we know Woj moves moves the markets. Whatever he says, being he's so connected. Um, I always thought Miller was the right choice for you know fit wise but i thought they would take scoop simply because i mean he's more valued in this year's draft and by more gms that we've heard multiple reports about the pelicans and um even houston like a lot of teams wanting to move up so i would think they would at least draft him see what kind of haul they could get for him i mean he is an unproven commodity although i'm, I'm high on scoop a lot of people are but again i would much rather have a proven player um I mean, maybe not Zion or or Ingram to to that extent, but at least they're proven to be able to withstand some of the you know rigorous stuff that goes on in the NBA and be able to play on that stage. So I, I think it's interesting. I, I still think that it you know it could be we could see a situation like we saw last year with um, Jabari and Paolo, where you know Woj is wrong. Yeah, uh, and right. I mean that's that's a possibility. I mean, I mean, you got to think like. Did they just make their? They went from Scoot all the way to one workout, and it's just Brandon Miller. I, I, I mean, it's kind of odd to me that it's just one workout would make you, you know, switch that fast. But I mean, you know, again, this draft is is one of the more, uh, I guess, volatile ones. I'm expecting a lot of trades. Uh, a lot of teams want to get out and, and get more assets, get veteran players. Um, man, it, it's just going to be a, a crazy night. Uh, I'm ready to get it started. And, um, yeah, I mean, I'm interested to see, like, Scott, I know you uh, said you had a few. So did you have a few you wanted to throw out first before I went? Well, just to actually just talk about the top three for a second. I think that Charlotte's going to take Miller because they're a very terribly run franchise. So I think they're going to take Miller just in general. Uh, I am going to ask, though, regardless of which team is going to potentially trade up for the third pick, we agree that Scoot's going third, right? There's no world where he's going past three. No, I it just I think it's just probably I think for me and I think Lante probably has more uh, intel or, or you know the work that he's put in that he will be the number three overall pick. It's just depending on which team is going to yeah. get us. That's how I, that's how I feel, or maybe second if it is a smoke screen. But the point is, yeah. we know in some order the top three is going to be Victor at one. That's a given. Then right. either Miller at two or Scoot at two, and whoever's left over is going three. Do we just agree on that? Well, yeah. I heard Grady Dick was going number one overall. Am I wrong about that? No? Okay. I'm actually curious that. where he's going to end up going because truth is I wasn't the biggest fan of Grady Dick in college. I thought that he was yeah. okay, but I, I think he'll probably go somewhere in the mid-teens if I had to guess, maybe sure. high teens. But, yeah, just going through quickly. Uh, do you want me to just go through my props? or just Yeah, yeah go ahead. Take yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, yeah nothing sure. formal here, man. It's not like a regular season. But yeah, all right, I was going to say, well, briefly to go through the Miller and Scoot thing, I'm not a Miller guy at all. Uh, I don't think that he's going to succeed that much at the next level. I understand physically he has the tools to succeed. I question the shot selection. I question his ability to actually make his teammates better. And I saw him go eight for 41 in the NCAA tournament. Eight for 41. He shot 19.5% from the floor. I saw him go three for 19 from the floor against San Diego State, one for 10 from three. I know you can't fully overreact to what you saw in a small sample size. Let's just say I had a lot of questions watching him play, and I thought that when he was not able to actually score, 
I didn't think he made any made any other serious impacts on the game. I feel like he's a score first guy. I know rebounding wise, he was pretty good with 8.2 rebounds per game. Is he a good defensive player? Not really. I, I think he's okay defensively. I understand you're drafting based on potential upside. I also wasn't sold on the off-the-court stuff where he was linked to a murder in yeah. college. Wasn't exactly ideal. And now you want to pair him up with Miles Bridges. Good luck with that one. We'll see how that goes. But I do think, once again, if I had to pick personally, I think Scoot's the better player. Sure. I'm very high on Scoot. I think Scoot's going to be a very good player. If I was Charlotte, I would trade LaMelo Ball for Scoot Henderson. That's how high on Scoot I actually am. So I would take Scoot in a heartbeat, but it's the Hornets we're talking about. They don't make winning basketball decisions as a front office, and that's why they're constantly in purgatory and why they're not very good. So I think they're going to take Miller because they, quote-unquote, need a power forward or a small forward. They already have LaMelo. They have Rozier for now. I'm not sure how long he's going to stay there. The point yeah. is their backcourt is clogged. So right. they're probably going to draft a position of need, when in reality, I don't think LaMelo is a winning basketball player, and I don't think that Rozier is going to be there long term. I think Rozier is definite trade bait material. So based on that, I would take best player available because your team is not very good. And I think that with Victor being gone, Scoot is, in my opinion, easily the second-best player in this class. I would take Henderson. But I'm really not a Miller guy. And I know I'm not, once again, going to judge everything based on the NCAA tournament. But if you shoot 19.5% in the biggest games of the season, I'm going to have to at least look at you a couple of times before making a decision. Not to mention the fact that I can't really draft a guy second overall who's favorite basketball player and best basketball player of all time is Paul George. So yeah, I, I, mean, I have questions on the basketball IQ. Yeah, I think that for Charlotte, it's more about fit than rather going for the best talent. And, I and think, that's the problem that I have because this team, right. how many guys do you actually want to keep? Your team's not good. Yeah, and I think that's been the case for the Charlotte Hornets for I don't know how long now, at least under the Michael Jordan regime where they haven't even made it to the first round. Uh, or sorry, out of the first round. I think that's what the exact stat is. But Lante, thoughts on uh, Brandon Miller here? Well, uh, I'm not as low on him as, as Scott is. I actually like uh, Brandon Miller and how he translates. Now, he didn't have a good ending to the season. I don't think. I think it's kind of you know recency where you see you know the last thing that people see was him yeah. not it's playing a well. Taste in the yeah, mouth. but for three, I'm, I'm not for, saying Miller's a scrub. I just think Scoot Henderson's the better player. Yeah, I mean, I I, I get it, but I mean, I'm just saying like. He performed at a high level for three, three and a half months. And, yeah. you know, 40 people, point game as well against. Yeah. And he played in, Miss, in a conference with, with a, a, elite athletes. Um, he played very well in big games. I'm a big fan of, of shot making. So shot making and uh, length. So I, I like his build. And for Charlotte, I mean, they haven't had a small forward, I guess, to be able to do some of the things that he's done. I, I mean, in forever, if if is, Bridge, is Bridges the shooting guard in the situation, or is Miller going to move to a power forward? Um, I'm guessing that I'm guessing that Miller would be like a Bridges power not forward. there anymore, right? Now, Bridges. I mean, he, he basically yeah. was indirectly suspended for a year. Charlotte still has his rights. I'm assuming he's coming oh, back. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah he's back. Yeah, he, he he's good. he's going to be back. Okay, okay, he's going to be back. My fault. Yeah, so I'm assuming that that they'll play together, and um, I mean, he shows some flashes defensively, but it's also easier to play defense when you got. You know, bigs like Bidiaco and, and Clowney, who Clowney's probably going to be uh, a first round pick also. Uh, so it's easier for you to defend and, and help size stuff. But yeah, I mean, Scoot, I'm a big fan of Scoot. Uh, I love everything about him. Um, it's just that he's small, like, and yeah. you know, the shot making is not there. 
uh, I think he shot in like below like 30% um, in like just jump shots, period. No, no matter if it was threes or, or whatever, just jump shots, period. I think he shot like 30%. Um, so that's something he got. So he has to work on. But from all reviews and all the things that I've heard, interviews, he's a hard worker. That's probably going to fix. That's probably going to be fixable. Um, I think he was working with Steph Curry's uh, shooting coach over the um, during the process. Him and Steph has a, have a real good um, relationship, um, and that was another reason why I thought that Charlotte would pick him up. I mean, you know, Steph is a Charlotte guy. Yeah, he's uh, Scoot's high character. Brandon Miller has his issues uh, off the floor, although they say you know it's pretty much behind him and and, and nothing's going to happen. So. Um, yeah, man, I, I I like Brandon Miller a lot more than most. Um, I, I do like Scoop. It's just at the size, man. Like in Portland, like what are you gonna do with three small guards? Like you got Dame, yeah. who apparently wants to stay there, then he wants to leave, and now he wants to stay again. So who knows what's going on there? Um, and then you got Simons and now Scoop. So that's all three small guards. They're gonna get murdered defensively. I mean, they're yeah. gonna be fun offensively, and then you insert Shaden Sharp um, at the you know forward position. I mean, th- that's a real, real tight fit. Although Scoot is the best player available. So I'm expecting them to trade that pick, to be honest. If Dame wants to stay, I, I don't know if he wants to play uh, with Scoot, who has pretty much been, I guess, labeled a, a alpha. And I'm not sure that Dame will be able to stay there and perform at a high level with both guys being there. Um, so I'm not sure they make that pick. I think they might try to trade it. Maybe New Orleans gets up there. Or uh, Houston, maybe your Rockets can get up there, man. Houston, trade, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's interesting. Like I said, I think it's going to be a lot of movement. Uh, Scoot is awesome. I think Brandon Miller is awesome as well. Uh, but I don't disagree with anything you said. Now, the, the late, you know, on the biggest stage, not performing, uh, especially against San Diego State, who was a defensive team. I think he he didn't perform well at all. Uh, so yeah, man, I, I like both guys. Um, I think they those three guys. I think fit in anywhere they go. Like any, no matter who drafts them, I think they're pretty much good to go in any situation. But again, Scoot, Dame, and Simons. I mean, it's not a, that's not a good recipe defensively. And for Scoot to be able to learn on the fly like that in the Western Conference, where you're going against guards. I mean, you you see the guards that you're going to be going against up night in, night out. Steph, yep. um, uh, Jalen Green. Um, I mean, just like all these athletic great guards and I don't know if they'll be able to to withstand some of the things that they'll be uh, getting thrown at but again I don't think they make the pick I mean if, if Dane wants to stay he already made it clear look I'm trying to get a championship although I don't know what they're going to do to get him a championship uh, yeah. but yeah man I, I agree with Scott um, Miller is probably the the second tier um, under Scoot but just for fit wise I, I think Miller fits better with Charlotte I think my main concern with Miller, though, I might not have said it before, but it's kind of the way I look at it. He had the ball in his hands a lot in college, and he only averaged 2.1 assists. I'm concerned that he's a ball stopper. And when you have Lamelo, who I know can facilitate, but he also gets his fair share of shots. Rozier's probably going to get traded, but we'll see. Bridges wants to shoot two. It's the one basketball problem. I just yeah. feel like Miller's a guy who's constantly going to try to get his and I'm not sure if he gets his teammates involved, and I feel like that's a problem, and we saw that in the NCAA tournament. It wasn't even just the bad shooting numbers. It was the fact that when he was shooting badly, he still didn't really facilitate whatsoever, and that's kind of the problem that I have with his overall game because we see time and time out, guys can score, but if their shot's not falling, I have concerns about how they impact the rest of the game. 
And I feel like that's going to be a problem for Miller in the future, which is why I'm a little bit low on him. I don't think he's going to be a bust by any means. I just think that Scoot, I think, plays a better version of team basketball that I look for. But I do think with Portland, I think they're going to mess up whatever they're trying to do, to be honest. (laughs) I got no faith in that front office. They don't seem to have any direction because they're trying to keep Lillard there while competing, which is basically impossible. I'm just going to be honest. You can't pay, pay Lord. What are they paying him? 50 plus million, borderline $60 million. Yep. Close to it. You're not, you're not winning when Lord's going to be missing games every year and you're paying him $60 million. You also have Simons. You have an undersized backcourt who can't guard anybody. And you're looking at the rest of the roster. They have holes all over the place. I do like, I do like Simons as a player. Is he a good fit with Lord? I'm not sure because they don't guard anybody. I do think once again, they have Sharp, who I really like from Kentucky, but still. Do you think they're competing for anything? Like, I feel like Portland is going to keep trying to remain relevant. It's going to backfire in their face, and they're going to trade a bunch of assets in the process. I think it's going to blow up in their face, and they're going to be a disaster. Yeah, I blow I think, it up right now. <clears throat> I think we'll find out what Dame wants to do about his future with what the Portland Trailblazers do with his third overall pick. Because if they, I, he already came out. We, we've heard multiple times. I don't know how many seasons now we're hearing that. Hey, he doesn't want to be part of the youth movement. I feel like this is like the third or fourth year that we're hearing about <laughs> right, him, right? Uh, but not wanting to be part of this youth movement. So uh, we'll see what the Portland Trailblazers do with that third overall pick. Uh, before guys, before we get into some draft props here, uh, let me tell everyone about the newest sponsor on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. That is going to be Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs makes you look good. They are a shorts uh, company. Um, Again, like I said, they make you look really good. They have some nice, high-quality shorts. Uh, Stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. And Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon's, but fit way better. It's summertime. It's scorching hot all over the country, guys. I mean, down here in Houston, it's 110, 114 degrees. Ain't no way I'm wearing no joggers or jeans out. I need some nice shorts, and I'm gonna, I've am i gotten some bird dogs myself. Going to be poolside, you know, be maybe going to Cancun. Maybe you're traveling to a hot pot of the country or in internationally, and you need some nice shorts. You guys need to check out bird dogs. Bird dogs fix the issue by inventing a knit fabric that makes that – makes, uh, your shorts look just like khakis, but stretches so you can get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice on movement. Like I mentioned, they also have some great swimming shorts, nice, high-quality designs. You need to check them out. Like I said, if you're planning to be out in the sun, you need to check out Bird Dogs. So go to birddogs.com pool and enter promo code pool. That's P-O-O-L for a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com pool. For a free Yeti-style tumbler, you won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you that. Uh, Scott, did you have more uh, or did you have any official draft props that you officially want to give out here? I know we talked about Brandon Miller uh, and Scoot Henderson, but you have official any uh, draft props? Yeah, so I have two uh, that yeah, are ahead. unrelated to the top three picks, but I want to talk about that first because Miller sure. was kind of – that was the storyline the past day or two, the line movement on the second overall pick. Uh, but there are two I'm looking at. I like one more than the other. So I'll start off in chronological order based on the lower draft expectation. I'm going to go with Kaysen Wallace. I'm going to I'm gonna look at him over 12.5 uh, at minus 150. I haven't really heard much buzz surrounding him. And I thought he was pretty decent at Kentucky. He had some back issues, though. So I am wondering if that's going to be potentially a reason why teams might stay away from him because the, the back issues were pretty common throughout his t- entire year. But it seems like the, uh, Toronto's the most interested at 13. 
And I do think, once again, he was a guy at Kentucky who I thought was fine. But at the end of the day, I just think that it seems like there's a couple of other guys who have higher ceilings that teams might reach on. But it's really just the lack of buzz. Usually you hear a couple of teams that are linked to a guy who might be before 12. I really just haven't heard that from Wallace. It it does seem like Toronto has had him in for a couple of workouts. They like him a lot. But they're at 13 once again. I don't really see a world where another team jumps in to take him unless Toronto trades up. Maybe Delonte's heard something else, but for Case and Wallace, I really just have not heard much buzz. 12 and a half juiced over. I'm going to lean to the over because, once again, I like the opportunity to take an under with guys that have multiple potential landing spots. Yeah, I really just haven't heard that happen with Carson Wallace, with uh, Case and Wallace. So I'm going to go with the over 12 and a half as my first prop. Lante, thoughts on uh, Wallace there? Yeah, I mean, I love Casey Wallace, and um, I think it has more to do with other guys just, like, outperforming in workouts um, rather than him falling. I mean, that's the case for a lot of these prospects. Have you, just, heard, the, have you heard the same thing about the buzz, though? Like, I haven't heard many yeah, teams back. that are that No, no, no. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I haven't heard any. But, I mean, not hearing stuff could be good. Uh, sometimes it could be bad. I mean, uh, you know, around this time, it's a lot of teams that are it's probably going to – yeah, are probably going to throw out stuff like, for instance, Utah Jazz has been linked. Like, they love Keontae George. Like, and they got two picks inside the top 20. So they're like out on a, on a record saying, like, they love Keontae George. But, like, why would they just say that, you know, mm-hmm. now? Now you got these other teams. So you basically, if you love him that much, you got to take him with that first pick. I think they have nine. So you have to take him with that yeah. first pick, thinking that, you know, some of these other guys, I mean, the other teams, might be looking for the same thing you're looking for and yeah i mean it's all it's all just like um up in the air with, with certain stuff but i have heard um about Casey's back but i think rafael barlow who does a uh, great like draft stuff for um nba big board uh, he, he, i think he talked to his dad uh his his dad was saying that you know his back is it's not gonna be a problem i mean i think he played every game for Kentucky. So I don't think that should be a problem, but I think it has more to do with other guys rising um, rather than him just falling. I think, you know, workouts and and what have you interviews are just putting those guys ahead of him right now. But Casey is a great, uh, a great player. I thought he was good in his role at Kentucky. I mean, if you look at past Kentucky guards, I mean, hero Murray, Maxi quickly, like all these guys, outperform where they go no matter what it yep. is so mm-hmm. they got a high ceiling uh I, I love kentucky guards um i wouldn't be surprised if, if he slips down to you know 13 14 so i don't hate that pick yeah but uh, i think he's gonna be pretty good in the next level too yeah. i just think that once again it's about trying to find the landing spot and it seems yeah. like toronto's most likely at 13 yeah any any of those guys in the teams any, like from 10 to, to 19 i think you can interchange like yeah. anybody can go anywhere. That's how yeah. volatile I think this draft is. So but no, if I, I have one you... more, I don't know if you have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. let it rip and run. Well, do you have a prop you want to do first or no? I do not. That's why okay. I'm here to learn from you guys. <laughs> yeah. So this one's going to be in the twenties. I'm actually going to go with an under. It's a guy that I'm pretty high on. It's going to be Leonard Miller. And I see his number at 21 and a half. It is a little bit juiced to the under at minus 145, but I still like it. I just think that he's a very, very solid big man in today's NBA. And when you're looking at the desire to move further away from the basket and the desire to have your center not just be a rebounder and not just be a potential uh, just rim runner, but a guy who could also provide some floor spacing and also maybe some ball handling. 
And I think that Miller checks a lot of those boxes. I just think that he's a good, versatile big man. And when you're looking at his numbers in the G League, they were solid. 16.9 points per game, 10.1 rebounds per game. I know it's the G League, but the point is at least he's been productive elsewhere. 21 and a half, though, when you're looking at this actual draft, there aren't many centers, I'd say, that have really popped in this draft class. And I do think that Miller could be one of the, I don't want to say first centers taken, but at least go relatively early if a team falls in love with the skill set. And he does have a lot of skills. Now, there are some areas he can improve on, but I do think, once again, when you're looking at the increasing, I'd say, the increasingly young nature of the NBA draft, a lot of players going in extra early as a freshman or even skipping college and going right to the G League and onward, you're going to be gambling on a lot of players. It's the way it is. There's a lot of volatility with each pick, and it seems like kind of every pick is more like a game of roulette. I do think, once again, if you want to try to look for a team to take a flyer or maybe to take a guy that might go earlier than expected because you think the ceiling for a particular player is higher. I think that Miller's got a pretty high ceiling because of what he can do and the size that he's at and the fact that he's basically 6'10 with a 7'2 wingspan. I like Miller under 21.5 for a spot. I just think for his skill set, he might end up drawing a lot of draft buzz at the last minute. I'll go with him. Lante. Love Leonard Miller, man. Uh, he played with Scoot on that G League. Um, excuse, <clears throat> excuse me, on that G League uh, Ignite team. Uh, like Scott said, man, six. Uh, he's six nine, six ten. I, I don't know which one it is. I guess they get measured with shoes on. And, I heard the seven two wingspan. That that yeah. seems to be a uniform. E- either either way, uh, he, he's very versatile. Uh, Got to work on the shot making, but very Kawhi Leonard esque minus the offense. But if you remember, Kawhi wasn't good offensively when he first came into the league. Um, so that's who I think he's just a lesser version of, of Kawhi Leonard can rim run, uh, great hands. Um, good rebounder. Yeah, great rebounder for his size, especially. Uh, I mean, and he, he's physical for, for his size. I mean, he plays a lot bigger than his than his frame. We could tell by that from the wingspan. Uh, I actually have him going to uh, your Nets at, 20, at exactly 21. Okay. Mm, I have back I'm not going to complain about it because that means that we both win. <laughs> So, yeah, so uh, yeah, that's go. a great. Uh, I think that's a great uh, bit uh, to make. He kind of reminds me a little <clears> bit, <throat> just looking at his college footage, or at least the buzz that I think is going to surround him. I remember when Isaiah Todd had a lot of buzz around him before he ended up going to, I think it was Milwaukee who drafted him at that point. But yeah, the point is, there, yeah, he was. Uh, I know it didn't exactly pan out, but that's not the point. The point is, I do think when you're looking at guys who are versatile, who might have some last minute you know, shots to fly up boards. If you check a lot of boxes physically, then some teams might gamble on you anyway because if they can figure out the rest, and in Miller's case, the shot consistency, then you're looking at a potential series contributor on your team. And once again, with a lot of uncertainties in this draft, taking guys based on upside might be worth a look. So I do think Miller, once again, has a lot higher upside than a lot of other guys, in my opinion, in the teens. And I think because of that, I'm looking at Miller to go sooner than projected. Yep, I agree. All right, guys, before we get into Lante's props here, uh, let me tell everyone about underdog fantasy. There's some crazy lunatics out there. They're already drafting their fantasy football teams. Hey, I'm not judging you. I know a lot of people are passionate about their fantasy football. And Best of All Mania 4 is here, and Underdog Fantasy is giving away $15 million in prizes. Underdog Pick'em is also a great way to get down on your favorite MLB and college baseball player props. I know the College World Series is going on right now. There's so many ways to win over on Underdog and active in 
so many states. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus of up to $100. Again, that's underdogfantasy.com using promo code SGPN. All right, Lante, take us into your uh, player props, man. Maybe uh, two or three of your best ones that you like that maybe the market hasn't moved significantly on. I'll let you let it rip and run. Okay, cool. Um, so I'll go with the first one, which is, is fairly simple. I'm going with um, Bilal Koulibaly, who is the teammate of um, Victor Wimbayama, to go in the top 10. Uh, that's plus 190. Uh, you also can get him, if you want to you know, lessen your exposure, you can also get him at plus money to go under 11.5. So that way, if he goes 11, you can still win. I, perf- I mean, I honestly would bet both. And if he goes you know, 11 or 10, you still win. I don't see him getting outside of the top 11. Um, so I like him to go under that. A lot of, a lot of buzz about Koulibaly and some of the length and stuff that he does defensively is a straight line driver. Uh, again, I mean, it's a reoccurring thing with a lot of these guys, but not a good shooter. Um, but some of the things that he does defensively, he's got like a seven, two wingspan, which is incredible for a guard. Uh, he can defend multiple, uh, multiple positions. Um, like he's a he's a quick quick riser. Uh, I think last year, if you looked at some mock drafts, he wasn't even on the board. I don't think he was even playing um, in the game that I don't know if you guys remember that Scoot Wimby played uh, like middle of the season. Uh, I forgot what I forgot what uh, month it was, but they played. Like I don't even think he played in, in that game. So that just goes to show you how far he's how far he's came from that specific point in time and a lot of that had to do with them playing in the playoffs and him performing at a high level so i like him to go under that 11 and a half at plus money and also in the top 10 you can get um plus 190 plus 200 if you shop around on that one so um that's my first one that i like and um let's see the second one i like is taylor hendrix to go over eight and a half that's Juice to the over is minus one thirty, but I think it should be closer to you know one minus one fifty, one sixty. Uh, we pretty much went over the top four or well, top three, and then I think uh, Amin Thompson is going forward to to your Rockets. Yeah, that's what I've heard and, the most about. Yeah, so I think uh, the, the top four is is solidified now. The order, whatever. I mean, after Wimby, but I think the top four players are pretty much solidified. So once you get to that, you know, five through the rest of the lottery, I think it's you know, it's up and down, but. On consistent mocks, I've seen, you know, Whitmore, uh, Jairus Walker, uh, Asur Thompson, Anthony Black. So those those are eight names right there. And then you have Utah and Dallas. I think Dallas is probably going to go with Lively um, and Utah is probably going to go with Koulibaly. That's that's how I'm, how I'm looking at it. So, I mean, I don't think you can sneak into that seven range or even eight. Eight is a possibility, but one through seven, I think we're pretty good with. So I'll take my chances on, you know, the eight spot with a team who I think doesn't really need his specific skill set. I think he needs to go to a team like Dallas um, or, you know, some team that needs a big Oklahoma City, uh, something like that. So I think that's good value there. Um, I'm on the minus 130. Uh, last one I'll do is I'll do a sore Thompson uh, plus 120 to be drafted ahead of Jairus Walker. Now, Jairus Walker is an uh, interesting prospect. I know uh, if you watched him at Houston. I don't know if Munaf, if you watched a lot of Houston yeah, uh, basketball. Yeah, man, really, really good uh, touch at the rim. Got a nice jump shot. Better playmaker than what he um, showed at, at Houston. I think actually him going to Houston showed, you know, that he he's able to be coached because we know, you know, Samson's going to coach him hard, played in a winning environment. Uh, so he's, I think I think they lost like three games, three four games. So he's a winner. 
a lot of people have uh, have a lot of like upside on him shooting. Uh, I'm not 100% sure about that, but Asur is a, a player that I'm very, very high on. I actually think he's better than his brother. Uh, he is the two-time MVP, better defensive player, uh, and I just I think Asur has a better he upside. He's the shot form, right? People think there's like a hitch in his shot. No, that's that's Amin. That's Amin is brother. the one with okay, yeah. Amin, Amin is the okay. one with the bad shot. Yeah, uh, Asur is the better shooter, um, better defender, but Amin is just like freakishly, freakishly at, like him and Jalen Green on the floor at the same time is going to be like insane. Like he's probably like a top five, six athlete as soon as he gets drafted. Like as soon as he gets drafted, he's going to be like that kind of athlete. Um, Asur is athletic, but not like uh, a man. Um, but he's better polished on the defensive end, and I think that's where we see um, teams like Orlando or even Detroit go. So I think he'll get drafted before um, Jairus Walker, who I have him pegged at seven uh, to the Pacers. Uh, I think the conversation um, also wanted to ask you, um, Lante, and I don't know if uh, Scott has thoughts as well. I think the two guys that you just mentioned – uh, the one guy that you mentioned that Jairus Walker is, is we don't know exactly where he's going to end up. And it's him and Cam Whitmore is yeah. the other name that's kind of been floating around at yeah, that man. number five pick. So you kind of take a look at the odds right now. And I know that these are going to be different at different sports books. But uh, right now, at, at number five overall, I'm seeing anywhere a range from Jairus Walker from plus 125 to around plus 160. And then Cam Whitmore is right there at plus 150 to anywhere from plus 150 to plus 175, maybe even some two to ones out there. Um, what are your kind of thoughts? I th- what Detroit has a number fifth pick, correct? Yeah, fifth. Yeah. So, what are you kind of thinking here at number five on what Detroit does here? I mean, I think I think that so when doing draft stuff, like I, I know a lot of people are doing it by what they think it, or who they think the best player is, and I think that's completely wrong. Like you have to go on the team needs and what the team is thinking versus who is a better player because better player doesn't matter to that team. They just want to find the best fit for them right. and. Uh, how they project. Now, if you play it right, honestly, you can probably win money on both guys, uh, Walker and Whitmore. You mentioned the odds. So I have Jess Walker under six and a half at even money, but Cam Whitmore is minus 200 to go in the top five. So like, I I don't know how weird it is. And he's plus 250 to go fifth. So you can bet both of those guys and, and make a ton of money. Like if you play it right, you can really like clean up on that because five, six is, kind of that range where both of those guys can go in a sewer also. But um, I think that based off team need, then they should go with Whitmore because I mean, you think about Walker as a more power forward type. So they have log jam at the power forward. They got Isaiah Stewart, Jalen Duran, uh, Bagley, uh, not Kaminga. What's the uh, Wiseman. So those are four mm-hmm. guys right there that are at that position. So you bring in another guy in who's similar skill set to Isaiah Stewart. Uh, if we're being honest, maybe a little bit better, but I don't think that makes sense from a basketball perspective. But again, maybe maybe they want to move off of some of those guys and, and premier Walker, uh, premier uh, Walker a little bit more. So I think they take Whitmore. Um, they don't have a lot of uh, of guards with the shot create and get to the rim uh, outside of you know uh, Cade and um, and Jaden. So yeah I think they go with Whitmore here i got I got a lot of uh, a lot of money on, on Whitmore going five here so I'm hoping they go there uh Scott any thoughts on that uh for Whitmore in general I watched him bits and pieces of Villanova pretty down year for Villanova so you didn't get to actually see him in the tournament but it seems like it's a good fit with Detroit then again to be honest I once again did not catch a ton of Villanova basketball 
because I'm used to them being a lot better than they actually were. So I am kind of wondering, Whitmore was the best player on their team. Uh, so you are hoping that, once again, Villanova, usually Jay Wright guys, they you assume they're going to play well. But, of course, Jay Wright wasn't at the school last year. So now I'm kind of wondering if Villanova's pedigree is going to actually carry over with Jay Wright not being there. But at the end of the day, that's all long-term you know, theor- theorizing. It doesn't actually impact his draft status for this uh, upcoming draft. I think he'll probably end up going top five. I'm not sure I would take him top five, but once again, what I think doesn't really matter from that perspective. There's a lot of risks everywhere, and if teams really like Whitmore's skill set, which they do, then he'll go early, and it seems that Detroit likes his skill set. So I'm assuming he'll probably go five, but would I take him five? Probably not. Yeah, I mean, you look at the odds. Like, it's just like, it's it's really, really weird. Like, you know, Cam is minus 200 to go top five. And yep. Walker is the favorite to go fifth, but he's under six and a half at even money. So, I mean, like, yeah, that's it's odd. But like I said, if you play it right, you can make a lot of money. But just both of those two guys. Well, unless a sore goes five, then, you know, you're fucked. But um, I was going to mention something that just completely went over my head. But uh, all right. Anything, any more uh, draft stuff you want to throw out there here? Uh, Lante, you have anything else you want to give out? Uh. Not really, man. I, I got a, I got a bunch of stuff. It'll take it'll take us all day. Um, but my, go ahead. No, no. Well, I just uh, just look at if you just look at certain mocks um, and just go by what you just by team needs. I mean, if you take a lot of that plus money, I think you can come out pretty good on this on this draft because at the end of the day, one move like one trade or two trades can really shift these teams' direction how they go because. Think about it like the Pacers have four picks in the top, I think, 32. They're not going to they're not gonna bring in four rookies to an already younger team. Well, they Oliver did. And- they shipped off a couple of those picks to uh, Denver, I think. Yeah, they made a trade uh, earlier today. Oh, Shout oh really? Oh, okay, I missed that. Yeah. I missed that. Okay, yeah. But um, What did Denver acquire again? It was 29, 29 and 32, and 32 for yeah, 40 this year and then a 2024 first rounder. Oh, okay, well, I, I would expect them to still not bring in two rookies. I think they'll still move uh, that I think they have another pick. Um, they have nine and or seven and I think like nineteen or something like that. But either way, I, I think some of those teams like one move. Like if Portland, like what if Portland trades, you know, uh, that pick and they get Zion or Ingram or whoever, then you got some of those other teams who are like, okay, now we got to try to make a move. And yeah, so I think plus money is the best way to go as long as it's within reason, of course. I actually am curious, though, Delonte, how much stock do you put into the workouts and all that other stuff? Because I feel like the workouts are the only thing I really care about, or at least for me personally, I like to know which players have been in which building, because at least then you could kind of assume, (coughs) once again, you have to assume that you actually got a good workout for that particular team, and maybe a team likes them. But you can usually tell when we know where there's smoke, there's fire, if a player has been in the building multiple times for mm-hmm. multiple workouts, yep. then that team is probably seriously considering drafting the player. So that's how yep. I look at it, or at least the approach I go for for some last-second draft, I'd say, steam that I look for. Yeah. Do you do the same thing, or you have some other strategies? Uh, honestly, I used to until maybe like two or three years ago because they started – I guess teams wanted to not tip their hand. Like if you remember with Cam Johnson, like he didn't work out for Phoenix at all, and they took him top ten. 
Yeah. Like he he said himself, like he didn't work out for them at all. Like he was. I think Rui never worked out for Washington. Right for Washington, yeah. So some of these guys are. I mean, these teams are not wanting to tip their hand, which is another reason why I think like the Jazz blatantly saying, "Hey, we want Keontae George." It's it's kind of odd because you don't want to tip your hand and, and give teams, you know, these informations. And, and at the end of the day, I mean, none of these teams are going to come out and say, "Oh yeah, this this player had uh, you know a bad workout or, or whatever." So. I mean, and, and again, it's a workout. I mean, how bad can could it really be? I mean, unless you're playing, you know, one-on-one against another player uh, of that workout or three-on-three. I mean, most of these guys are, are high-level athletes and, and can perform in a workout. But I do take it into consideration, especially the – like with Charlotte and um, Brandon Miller and Scoop. Like, he, they brought those guys back like two and three times. So yeah. that goes to show you that they weren't definitive in their decision – um, after the first workout or the second one. But Anthony Black has been linked to Washington um, and Orlando going back to workouts with them uh, like two and three times. So he's working out at IMG Academy. I got a friend who uh, who like covers high school stuff in IMG Academy. He's seen Anthony Black yeah. around the area like a ton, more than what he'd seen, what he's seen like from the other prospects in that top 10 range. So, yeah, if you if you sniff around, like you said, and find some of those guys who are going back and in, in the area like two and three times, then you – uh, you can get some value. Like Amin um, was saying that, like they both worked out for Charlotte. Him and his brother both worked out for Charlotte, and that was their first workout. But again, I don't think he worked out again for uh, for Houston until like a day ago. So only two workouts. One was yeah. at the beginning of the process. So yeah, man, it's it's, it's hard to gauge, but I, I do take that into consideration. Last question, because I am looking at a prop right now that I, I may like here. What is the floor, I should say, for Grady Dick? Uh, I think he's going 13 to 15. But again, I can see Orlando taking him because Orlando needs shooting. He fits. He's like a plug-and-play guy right away. Um, I, I heard also that he didn't have the greatest workouts as far as playing um, you know, the three-on-threes and some of those other guys, which – Oh, you wouldn't expect. Like, he's not a one-on-one player. He's a, he's a five-on-five type yeah. of player. Fits in. He's going to shoot yeah. the ball. Um, I have him going. What do I have? Grady Dick going. I have. For the record, going. I would personally rather have Jordan Hawkins than Grady Dick, but that might just be me. Um. Uh, well, I think. Sure. I think yeah. that's more. Yeah, yeah. I, I got I got Grady Dick going. What is this? Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. No, I got him going tenth actually. So I got him going tenth to okay. no eleventh. I'm sorry. I got him going eleventh to Orlando. So, um, and I think I'm, other mocks have him going in that range. So it's not a bad bit. I'm staring at right now on FanDuel, Bilal to be drafted first over Grady Dick is minus one forty three. To get drafted first for Bilal to get drafted first. Bilal to get drafted first okay. minus one forty three over Grady Dick. Any thoughts on that, Lante? Um. I don't hate that. I, w- I would like a little bit lower because, I mean, although Bilal's stock is, is is rising, I don't think after like if the Jazz don't take him, I don't know if he gets, I don't know if he gets picked until you know like thirteen, fourteen because the top like like I said, we went over the top the top eight really. Yeah. So if the Jazz need a point guard. You know, you go to Dallas at ten. They don't need a guard, so he's not going to get picked there. Eleven Orlando. They may you got a shot there, but I think they would probably prefer Grady Dick over him simply because of the shooting. Okay, 
Just wondering. All right. Uh, so that is going to be our draft coverage. Maybe we'll give out a best bet at the end um, uh, from Lante, maybe recap our picks. But also something that did transpire, guys, a couple of days ago. I know we're probably late to the market discussing it, but, hey, uh, we're going to discuss it anyways. Bradley Beal, we heard the rumor or the report that came out that he wanted to be traded from the Washington Wizards. Um and it was to his advantage because he had a no trade clause in his uh, contract that he negotiated with the Washington Wizards. And then lo and behold, a few days after that, Shams drops a report that it was down to two suitors. It was the Miami Heat and the Phoenix Suns for the services of Bradley Beal. Um, there is a connection between the Phoenix Suns and uh, Mark, uh, sorry, um, Bradley Beal's agent. So Bradley Beal's agent is the father of the CEO of the Phoenix Suns. So, Take that for what it's worth. That wouldn't be on this trade, but the trade did become official. Uh, Phoenix Suns do acquire Bradley Beal to uh, make a new big three uh, in the NBA. He joins Kevin Durant and um, Devin Booker in Phoenix. The trade back to Washington was CP3, uh, Landry Shamit, and a handful of second round draft picks for the Washington Wizards. Um, again, we talked about it at the end of the season. We're kind of talking about this at the playoffs uh, that. The downfall of the Phoenix Suns was that they needed depth, and that was really their demise um, in this postseason because once CP3 went down, it was really a big question mark for what um, the offseason was going to look like for the Phoenix Suns because they really didn't have many um, role players that were going to flourish right now next to Kim Durant because they did give up a lot for Kim Durant as far as draft picks and things like that. Um and then now the question becomes, well, we talk about Bradley Beal, and then we'll kind of go from there. So, Scott, let me start with you. Immediate reaction, because I know a lot of us or most of us that watch the NBA thought that obviously the better fit for Bradley Beal would have been with the Miami Heat because they needed another scorer alongside Jimmy Butler. But now you're going over to a team that is going to have two guys that are very ball dominant. We talked about this with Charlotte, that there's only one basketball, and now you have, add Bradley Beal to the fold. Another question that becomes is that the best thing you can do for your team is be available. And now you have three guys, at least with Kevin Durant and Bradley Beal, that availability over the last couple of seasons has been a question mark for those two players. But uh, reactions to this trade for Bradley Beal headed over to the Phoenix Suns. Well, first of all, I want to point out the comedy, which was social media treating this as a sweepstakes for him to get traded for Chris Paul, Landry Shamit, and a couple of second round picks. So I want to start there. And then I'll go forward. <laughs> Which Washington completely botched, but yeah. <laughs> uh, for the record, I don't think Washington had many attractive offers based on what people's expectations were, because in my opinion, with the new CBA, yeah. Bradley Beal has a bottom three contract in the entire league. So I thought Washington might actually have to give up a first round pick in order to get rid of him. So that's why I guess why they ended up with such an underwhelming return, because they didn't have to give up a first round pick. So that I feel like that was the trade off there. I wasn't shocked that the Suns gave up peanuts for him because now they have to pay him a lot, a lot of money. And I'm not surprised Phoenix made the move because Ishbia is a new owner and you have new owner syndrome and they're trying to win a title immediately. This is a brutal move for Phoenix long term. This is going to be yeah. so bad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is not going to work at all. There's really no other way to talk to discuss it because once again, one, Katie can't stay healthy. Simply yeah. put, that's a problem. Booker's been healthy for the most part. He's had some injuries, too. Bradley Beal's injured all the time. So you have guys that can't stay healthy, and now you have a lot of salary cap tied to three guys. And with a CBA that's approaching, 
next year, I believe. I think the deadline to actually make this trade would have been July, uh, early July, because that's when the new CBA stuff kicks in. So Phoenix basically has one year to win a championship, if I'm really just being honest, and I don't think they're going to this year. At no point during the Denver series did I think to myself, you know what they need? A 50-plus million dollar jump shooter. At no point did that cross my mind. I thought Phoenix needed more defense and more depth, and they somehow got even less depth because now they can't afford to bring in more guys. I think Phoenix is screwed, just simply put. I think that this team is going to be a very fun team to use if you're an NBA 2K guy, but if you're trying to win a championship, you're not going to win anything. So I think Phoenix is going to be a disaster. I think it's going to work out for a little while in the regular season because if Durant gets hurt, or if Beal gets hurt, maybe they have enough offensive firepower to get by and stall until all three of them are healthy once again. This team can't guard anybody. They, they're not going to play any defense. And once again, durability is a concern, and they have no depth. So I don't know how this is supposed to work. It feels like Phoenix signed its own death certificate. And I get the argument is, well, Durant doesn't have much time left. We have to win now. We still have Aiden. Maybe they'll trade Aiden. We'll find out. Yeah. But for me, it seems like Phoenix made an all-in push to try to win a championship, and they basically have four guys under contract on their entire team. It's not going to work out. It's going to be a disaster, and they're going to underachieve in the playoffs once again. But until then, I hope you have fun playing with them in 2K. Yeah, again, we, like we mentioned when we were talking about this in the playoffs, that when it came to the um, offseason that they were going to have to find ways to get creative and, and get depth on this team because having Devin Booker and Kevin Durant as your one and two guys, that that's that's a cornerstone to start a championship. But what you do with the rest of the roster, you're kind of talking about what Denver, the depth that Denver had. I know we kind of took, okay, and we know that Joker had a great NBA Finals. Murray was uh, was good as well. He didn't have a great series as he did at the Western Conference Finals, but the depth of that team really stepped up in closing moments where they really need to. Guys like Bruce Brown talk about, you know, KCP. Uh, Aaron Gordon had a great series. You know, your third best player, Michael Porter Jr., didn't have the greatest NBA Finals, but like I mentioned, your role players step up. So now for the Phoenix Suns, that hey, if one guy's not having a great off uh, or a great night, that your depth can step up, but now the team doesn't really have depth. Which kind of led me once they made the Bradley Beal trade that I was like, okay, now they're going to have to trade DeAndre Ayton to get yeah. tra- uh, to get depth pieces around Bradley Beal, Kevin Durant, and Devin Booker right and now. And I'm not even sure what his trade value is. Yeah, yeah. And I thought that that last season that it was right around this time or maybe a little bit later that there was a rumors of um, him heading to Indiana for Miles Turner and Buddy Heald. I thought that was. A- trade that the phoenix suns should have made yeah. uh, at that juncture but now we'll see it we'll, we'll see what happens now if they do end up trading deandre aiden but uh lance thoughts on the bradley beal trade yeah man I, I mean scott hit it on the head uh not a perfect fit uh per se but i mean at the end of the day you gave up lance shaman some second round picks and chris paul a guy who you probably were going to cut or wave so well the the arguments the cap space and how with the lack of depth you have four guys under contract so uh, unless they trade Aiton, your entire rest of your roster is going to be what eight guys on the minimum. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, th- they got to figure that out. But I think that he would rather figure it out with Bradley Beal than without. I mean, I could pretty much flip it anyway. Like you can, you, I can make it negative. I can make it positive. So uh, I mean, I want to hear the positive. 
Because I, I actually I, don't even know how you spin this as a positive so, besides so basically, so basically that the big three can score a hundred points a game. Yeah, so basically, I'm thinking that if Bradley Beal is motivated and he he can come out and play that. I mean, he's a third fiddle. Like, that's pretty much what he wants to be. Is a third guy. I mean, obviously, he's at the bottom of the totem pole, so he's going to be motivated to at least prove people that he's you know that he's still this prolific scorer. Now he doesn't have to score thirty. He can score 23, 24 points a game and still um, be you know, reasonably good, especially on the defensive end. But the positive would be, you know, if they do move Aiton to get some of those pieces. I think what happened with that Indiana thing, uh, Indiana offered him the the max and Phoenix just matched it. I think that's what it was. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, if matched, you yeah. – like, I think you can still get, you know, a player or two for Aiton. So, if, if they can get, you know, two players like Miles Turner, like Buddy Heald, I, I think that's a great – a great fit. So that's what I'm really banking on as far as being positive. I'm banking on them making a move with um, Aiton and then, you know, probably inserting, you know, paying, I guess, Londale and uh, I guess a Kogi or, or somebody like that. But again, Bradley Beal is probably going to be the more, the most motivated he's probably been since his rookie year or his second year or whatever. But I just, I mean, it's not a perfect fit. Um, that, that move doesn't put them above Denver. Um, doesn't put them above. Uh, I mean, I don't even. I think they I guess move the, backwards. To be honest with you. Uh, so who, who do you think they are? They're behind. Who do you have in, in the West right now? Like Denver, and then what? Uh, are Memphis? we assuming full strength or no? Because yeah, I just, think this just, team's going to yeah, be full strength. Yeah, yeah, just just around. just full strength. Yeah, full strength. So if we had to actually go through the power rankings here, I don't know what the Lakers are going to do. And I know LeBron's older, and I know AD can't stay healthy either. But if we're assuming perfect health. I'm not sure I'm taking the Suns over the Lakers in a seven-game series because I just think the Lakers are going to kill them in the paint and the Suns can't guard anybody. So I probably would take the Lakers over them. And I know that might sound a little bit outlandish because I've been low on the Lakers in the past, but I really hate this move for Phoenix. Like, I really just can't even... It really straps them up, much. yeah. It really I, this does. Yeah, no, yeah, it hurts, it hurts them um, long-term, but... Uh, again, like if they can get some mid-level guys, uh, I don't even know what kind of mid-level guys they they. Can I don't think get. they're even able to get mid-level guys. I thought that's I thought that's the point. Once you cross the second apron, you're not allowed to get an exception. Oh, I well. think it's again like I mentioned, like immediately the trade happened. That what you're gonna what you're gonna do with DeAndre and if you're able to trade yeah, him, they, they have to get rid of. They him. have they to trade they him. They don't him have out. a choice. Yeah. But yeah, I just want to read off the games played here for Beal for the last four years: 50, 40, 60. 57. How many games is he going to play? See, I think he's going I think he's going to play. So they got a, they got a prop. I think uh, motivation was questioned as well. Right, right. Washington right. might have, you know, pulled the plug early, yeah. but still, right, right, that injury right. issues in the past, or rancid injury issues in the past. Right. I think they're screwed at full strength. They're not going to be at full strength. Durant See, is a pretty injury prone player, like at this stage in his career. I don't think Phoenix is going to be that good this year, and I think they're going to look back. It's not as bad as the Gobert trade. But I'll tell you what, that Beal no-trade clause, as a Nets fan who owns Phoenix's draft picks for the next three, four years, I was thrilled when they traded for Bradley Beal. I was extremely happy they traded for Beal. I think they're screwed, to be honest with you. But we'll see We'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, my thing is they – I mean, in a series where, the you know, once they get to the playoffs – the rotation shrink, so I mean, you can get away with playing six, seven guys. It, they they have to get those six, seven guys uh, again, um, which is going to be key. But 
I think they can win a series against the Lakers. Um, I think they can win a series against Memphis. I think they can win a series against um, the Clippers. Like, so, I mean, they're right there. I think Denver's like the only team that the Clippers, they... I'm not sure what they're going to do because Kawhi once again had a series of knee issues. So I'm not sure what his story is. I think right, they but... would beat Memphis, but if Memphis would beat Phoenix, I actually wouldn't be shocked because yeah, they have be, so I... much depth that they could yeah. give Phoenix problems. Yeah, but I favored him in a series to to win. But so again, you're the second best, you know, the second best. I mean, you know, power rated team in the West. I mean, and you haven't even, you know, hit the brink of what you're going to do with this roster because obviously you got to do something with it. Um, now, you know, we've seen, uh, man, we've seen some crazy stuff happen with these contracts, and I know the second apron's coming, and you know, all different types of things that are going to prevent teams from doing what, you know, Golden State did, uh, what uh, Boston was it was able to do with, uh, I think, Gallinari and Brogdon. So it's going to be interesting to see. Um, I think HBO is just like, you know, the hell with it. I'm trying to win yeah. within the first. Yeah. He's you know, got billions of dollars. So he doesn't one care or two about years, so, so he's like, yeah, he's like the hell with it, man. I, I want to win. Um, honestly, man, I, I would I would move Aiton for, for uh, Buddy Hield and, uh, and Miles Turner. I think that's oh, an incredible. I think that's. I don't even think that offer, is that offer still on the table. I don't think anymore. I mean, Herbert if they was take, great last year. If, if they take Jarris, if they take Jarris Walker at seven, that means they would they can get off the um they can get off the Miles Turner contract. Doesn't Miles Turner and Buddy Hill make a decent amount of money? I don't think they want to get off the Turner contract. They just extended him. Yeah, Miles Turner. I think Indiana actually likes him. Track. Yeah, they do. But I mean, if you draft Walker, then you got to assume that they're going to be he's going to be on that rookie scale. They got to have more moves to make and to bring in more people. I think Aiden's a good piece for them with him um, and Halliburton off the pick and roll. I think that's I think Aiden's a good piece. Aiden needs to change the space. I mean, I think Aiden's that bad. I think Miles yeah, Turner is better than Aiden, terrible. in my opinion. You think I mean, Aiden's I don't know terrible? I think Miles Turner is a better Aiden. player than DeAndre Aiden. I think, yeah, I agree. I don't like DeAndre Aiden. I don't think he's very good. At least Turner gives you elite rim protection. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, just to reference for Miles Turner's contract, he did sign a two-year, forty about. Let's just round it up to forty-one million dollar uh, contract extension. It's fully guaranteed, so that brings the annual average salary in twenty twenty-three to twenty twenty-four season to around twenty-one million. Uh, the cap hit of kind of a really million. good deal for Miles really Turner. Is, yeah. That sounds like a good yeah. deal to me. I don't think Indiana's going to trade him now. I think Indiana was trying to use him as bait for about two, three years. Nobody ended up buying, and then they realized, wait a second, this guy's actually really good. He is, though. And they're going to keep him. So I don't think that's offers on the table anymore. At $20 million a year, I'd rather have Miles Turner than DeAndre Aiden. I think it's also the fact that um, does he I know he gets hurt a lot, too. There's another question, yeah. Uh, All right, guys. um, Anything else for the Bradley Beal stuff? Yeah. What's your stance on that? Because I think that Phoenix is screwed. I I think that... They're, they had a classic all-in move. Munaf said earlier that they had to get creative during the offseason to find depth. And somehow, they made the most predictable, predictable all-in move to make their depth even worse than it was to begin with. At no point in that Denver series did I think to myself, you know what they need? Another mid-range jump shooter. That was not something that I was thinking during the course of that series. I thought yeah. they needed more depth. And they needed a little bit more three-point shooting. And Beal isn't a great three-point shooter. And on top of that, he really hasn't been that, I'd say, I'd say he hasn't been that effective in terms of winning basketball his entire career. 
I'm not sure he's a winning basketball player. Now, being the third fiddle to Durant and to Booker is going to help. But is does, is Beal a good defensive player? Objectively, no. Yeah. No. <laughs> he's he'll one of be, the worst defensive players in the league. He'll so, be more motivated now, though, I think, yeah. to, play, to play defense. And can't, can't they theoretically bring his Paul back, or is that just over with? They can bring Paul back, but he found out about it from his kids, so I doubt he's going to come back. <laughs> yeah, he you know, like he should have handled that better. Yeah. <laughs> he, he made sure to, to mention that Isaiah Thomas had something to do with it. He was so, headed to so, what, Good so, Morning <laughs> America, and then the, he ended up finding out. That's, that's the, the other yeah. piece to this. You knew Phoenix was in trouble when they ended up bringing Isaiah Thomas into the front office after he destroyed the Knicks franchise. So I don't know what Phoenix yeah. is doing here. But no, I think they're screwed. Because once again, when you're looking at what their moves are now, I think they have to trade Aiden. But let's say they don't. Let's say they keep Aiden. You really have roughly seven or eight guys on either a rookie deal or the minimum in the league. You are screwed. You are not going to win with that being your roster construction and you have the Durant and Beal injury problems. Yeah, this again, team's like, got problems. Yeah, we mentioned this. That again, it was depth that they needed. If you're gonna, if you were gonna trade the Chris Paul contract or whatever the case might have been, um, that you needed to fill this roster with depth. I don't think they needed another fifty million dollar player on this roster. Um, and I, I don't even like Landry Shamit, but the fact that I'm defending Landry Shamit in this case <laughs> because the Suns gave up more players in terms of number than what they got back, and they needed depth. That's the problem. This trade isn't as bad as Gobert's deal. Like, that's an all-timer. This that trade, I think, is going to age as one of the worst trades in the last, like, five years. Like, this is going to be uh, an all-time, at least recent NBA bad deal. Is that just because, of the contract? The that's just because of the contract, I'm assuming, right? Because, I mean, yeah. they really didn't give up anything for him. Oh, no, they if they, just, yeah, if they, they, they don't win this they got year, the once the Paul CBA deal. kicks in, right. Phoenix mm-hmm. is absolutely dead. They have one year to win a championship. Beal's we'll a bottom see. three contract in the league. It's not even a debate. Yeah, it, it's yeah. I mean, again, um, Andy has a no trade clause, so yeah. even if it doesn't work out, Beal might be stuck in Phoenix for the next four years with Durant potentially either leaving or being seriously hurt at this stage in his career. Yeah, Phoenix has one year to win a title, and they're not good enough to win a title. Yeah, we'll see. Again, I think that a lot of it's going to hinge on if they do trade DeAndre Aiden for some more pieces to surround these three guys. So um, I'm not a fan of the move. I get why they did make the move. But again, from a basketball perspective, if you're trying to win a championship, it's also the fact that you need to have depth. And we've seen that from teams that have won the title. We've go back to the Bucks. I know you had your quote-unquote big three with Giannis, Drew Holiday, and uh, Middleton, but you also had you know surrounding players that were able to knock down three-point shots for you and also play defense. We all saw that with Denver this year with Jamal Murray and Jokic. MPJ didn't have a great series, but they had guys step up in those moments, guys like Aaron Gordon, Bruce Brown, um, KCP, Christian Braun, if you want to throw his name in there as well. So, um, yeah, we're going to see, man. I think the next move, we'll see what happens with DeAndre Ayton, but as of right now, um, I can see why the Phoenix Suns may be power rated higher in the Western Conference with these three guys. But I've said this before that the biggest thing you can do for your team is be available. And that is a huge question mark for Kevin Durant and Bradley Beal at this stage of the career. But we I, shall I like see. the Suns win total under for the record. I'm not sure what I number think, yeah. it's going to be. This team's not winning 50 games. It'll be. Oh, they'll win 50. They'll, I, they'll I disagree. I yeah, think this team's going to be injured the entire season. This they, team's they not winning 50, 50 games. They can win 50. They, they I think the injuries are going to be a half is probably the number. What do you, you think it is? 54 and a half. That's what Under. you think it's going to be? I Under. think so. All day. 
all day under. This yeah. team's not going to guard anybody, and I once again think Durant and Dash or Beal will miss at least 20 games apiece. If it's 56, I'm going. If it's 56, I'll go under. Anything under 56, I'm going over. I'd be shocked if this team got the 50 wins. Yeah, I don't think it would be that high at 50. If it gets 56, I'm taking the under. What was Denver last year? Denver was like 52 and a half? Yeah, Denver was 50. I think the highest was Boston last year, around 50, depending on the number that you got, around 50. I think it was around 55 and a half yeah. to 54. Yeah, okay, yeah, so they, if they, I had to guess, Phoenix will be 51 and a half, if I had to guess. And I like the under. Yeah, I'm... Um, yeah, I, I guess the range that. of 52 and a half to 53 and a half, I would probably I'll wait to it. see if they trade Aiton or not, but they're not going to win 50 games with roughly six players on the roster being on the minimum or being on a rookie deal. And you're assuming Durant or Beal stay healthy. This, I'm telling you, this team's going to be in a, just a complete disaster. They got a People prop, are not ready to talk about uh, that. They got a prop up over under 153 combined, 53 and a half combined games, uh, Booker, Durant and Beal play together. How many games did Booker play last year? So that's basically that's roughly like fifty games uh, together. Do you think they're going to play? 50 I didn't even games? mention Booker missing time, by the way, because I know he missed about a month last year. I didn't even mention Booker. Yeah, but he, he's not. He's not as much. Booker's he's not been durable, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm just saying, though. Last year, Booker did also miss twenty nine games. In fact, he's he, to go through the minute the games here. Booker has played less than seventy one games. In each of the last six years, I mean, yeah, how, many players players how, how many, how many, how many of those right were hot 60s, though? How many of those were hot 60s, like 64? Uh, he had a he had 71, 68, and 67. Yeah, I mean, that's that's well, fair. Once I mean, again, that's for the prop yeah. you just mentioned. I'm on yeah, the under, so, so they, they both have they all three have to play around 50 games together. 52 what was the I number guess. you said 153 and a half for all three, all three. So each each game that they start is obviously just three. I'm not even sure Durant gets to fifty. I think yeah, he's I think, that injury prone. I, let me see. I think some of the I think some of the Beal stuff had to do with him just not wanting to come back and play for Washington and them going nowhere. So if he was to if he was to play for yeah. a contender, I'm pretty sure he would fight through that injury versus I just want to briefly not. read off Durant's games played here. Last year, forty seven last year he played forty seven. Year before that, 55. Year before that, 35. Didn't play the year before that with a torn ACL. I don't think he plays 40 games. No, 35 well, probably came I, back I, later in the year because of the Achilles, right? Yeah. I don't uh, think they want to play him. This much. is why, though, I have a problem I think with Phoenix. And it's why I guess I understand it because they put all their eggs in the Durant and Booker basket. But damn, man, they keep trying to chase the all-in push, and it's just not going to work. Yeah, I think. Do you think Durant's going to play fifty games? No, I, I think don't. they. I think they want to limit him to to be, you know, in between that. I've, I guess forty five to fifty range where they can. So he's Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, I think they. I think they're going to do what Kawhi, what they did to Kawhi Leonard. I think he's going to play. You know, not play back to backs just to save him and preserve him for the playoffs. That's what I would do. I, I think Phoenix is a great comparison to the Clippers. They have two injury-prone superstars, or maybe Booker's not as injury-prone, but two guys that have sometimes uh, have issues staying healthy. They have no cap space whatsoever, and you see them lose in like the second round every year in the playoffs. Yeah, Clippers roster is like. I think they're going to need at least like thirty to forty games, like to play together. For like last season, it was last season. It was what Durant only played what eight games. Oh, yeah, Durant played Suns. eight games with Phoenix. Yeah, 
So I think that for Bradley Beal, and I also do like the fact that the trade was done earlier, uh, that it gives them some time maybe in like training camp or mini camp, whatever you want to call it, that to get some Mm -hmm. chemistry going together. But again, at the end of the day, like you still have to play actual meaningful basketball games together. And I think that was the demise in Brooklyn. I know, you know, Scott, you could attest to that, that James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, we didn't play that many games together uh, for various reasons, whether it's injuries or off courts. So they case play again like 14 games together in two. Yeah. Three and they were really good in those 14 games, yeah. weren't unreal, they? So, they were unreal. Yeah. So we'll see, man. Again, I think that if they are able to get at least half a season together, I think that can carry that into uh, the playoffs. But we'll see again. The bigger question right now for the Phoenix Suns uh, will be how they fill out the rest of the roster, but we'll definitely yeah. keep an eye out on Personally, that. Personally, sure. once again, I think Phoenix had a better chance to win the title. I don't think it was that high to begin with, but I think they had a better chance to win the title before the Beal trade than after. Because now would you they're rather in have cap hell. Beal on this roster right now or Beal on this that. roster or with or Chris Paul? I won't be with, I don't, with I don't the current contract, be. Chris Paul in a heartbeat. Contract, contract aside, just like contract Chris aside. Paul's contract was like half guaranteed. Man, I, I don't think they had a shot. They would get bounced in the first round again. Their issue is depth. Beal gives them less depth than they had before. They're paying Beal 50 plus million dollars, and he has a no trade clause for four years. I mean, Chris Paul might have the Samuel worst contract. Okay, Ben so. Simmons has the worst contract in the league. That's not even a debate. Does Beal have the second worst contract in the league? That was Chris Paul. Chris Paul, though, was ha- like half guaranteed. So you can, they, that's why they waived him because they didn't have to pay Jordan, half the contract. Jordan, I think Jordan Poole has the worst contract. It's not good. <laughs> the no, the no trade clause definitely is like the, <laughs> the tiebreaker there for, for Beal, though. The trade clause is, is crazy. Oh, yeah, I get it. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. But just like yeah, from a basketball yeah, that, that, perspective, that's Washington's fault, though. Yeah, yeah, that's it, Washington's yeah fault. it is Washington's fault. But I think Washington won the trade. By getting rid of Beal for peanuts, can't yeah, they? Can't I they, agree. Can't I they agree. reconstruct Beal's contract? Didn't they do that in the NBA? Didn't uh, I don't know what you can even do anymore in the NBA. Man, listen, in the NBA, turn it into. But now you're having, but <laughs> the NBA thing, there's a lot of technicalities that are yeah, changing. So I, once again, I gotta find out. But either way, I once again, if you're asking me based on current contracts, I would rather have Chris Paul and a lot more cap space. Than Bradley Beal in no cap space. Once again, you're looking at roughly seven guys on the minimum to fill out your roster. This is LeBron in Miami without DeAndre Jordan. Imagine LeBron in Miami with Dwayne Wade. (laughs) Imagine LeBron in Miami with Dwayne Wade when he first got there. But LeBron's playing 40 games. That's what they have. Because Durant's going to play about 40 games. All right, That's guys. It. Let's put a let's put a, a a pin in this. We've gone about an hour eleven here, and like these are the conversations that we are going to have throughout all throughout the off season for the NBA. Because again, the NBA never does sleep. So. Um, yeah, that's our draft coverage. Again, with the draft, again, guys, shop around for the best number because the men, the menu is very, very, very limited for the NBA compared to the NFL. But uh, Lante, any final thoughts? Uh, for this episode, anything on the draft you want to throw out there, and then let the people know where they can find you, man. Uh, yeah, man. Look, I max bet Bradley Beal over twenty-one and a half points per game. I think that's absurd. I think he's gonna <laughs> yeah, because he'll play twenty games, he'll just average twenty-five. You no, know? no, nah, nah, but but seriously though, I think that they'll bring along KD uh, slowly, like as far as you know, low managing him, and then with Beal and Booker on the court. I mean, I think Beal is going to be extremely motivated, and twenty-one and a half for a guy who can score as efficiently, well has scored officially i won't say had and you know in the past but he's with a new team i think he's highly motivated 21 and a half 
points per game, man. That's pretty low. Yeah, so you uh, but, so you think Phoenix is going to win fifty five games with them easing Durant along the entire season? I, I mean, I, I say, I say fifty, yeah, fifty three, fifty two, fifty three. Something Once like again, that. I, I think that Durant's barely going to play back to backs. So yeah, and I think it's a, a lot of. It, I mean, I got to see the I got to see the roster to to to, to make that bet, but um, but st- either without you know without them making moves or with them making moves, either way, I like Bradley Beal over twenty one and a half uh, points per game average. I I, I bet that early. I like in the Booker day. assists. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't I like have a, they don't have a point sure. card, so yeah. <laughs> I like but, Booker assist. Yeah, I mean, I probably want to wait for that, but yeah, man, yeah, twenty one and a half. That's that's one of my favorite bets uh, of the off season so far. Um, outside of that, man, um, on Twitter uh, at xx xx got some draft stuff. I think I'm gonna update my mock draft and uh, put it out uh, later on today. That's if um, if I can get around to it. But other than that, man, uh, fun show. Loved it. Yeah, check it out over on sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Lante's uh, mock draft. He did the first and second round uh, for the draft that will be happening tomorrow in the NBA. Scott, anything else uh, you want to get off your chest before we get out of here? Uh, not really. Uh, some more news just came out, by the way. According to Woj, uh, the Trailblazers have shut down all trade calls involving Dame Lillard. So they're okay. not drafting Scoot Anderson? Uh, in other words, they- they're screwed. Long yeah, time. They- they they, That's they what can't, that means. They can't be. Scoops oh, and I seen um, Pizza I seen a report saying that uh, Boston was going after um, Porzingis. For what? Okay. <laughs> I sure. I wanted to mention the Lillard thing because we talked about the draft, but yeah, Portland yeah. is voluntarily trying to limit their future by holding on to Lillard. I guess for the loyalty angle, even though. His contract's not great either, and he's been hurt a lot. So, yeah, have fun. They're have not fun making a play. They're not making the playoffs. I'll, 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 I'll make no. I'll make a humongous bet on them to not make the playoffs. They're not. I, I'd be shocked Who, if Lillard played more than fifty games. Oh, the Blazers. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He'll, he'll be crying wanting to get out at by the trade deadline. Yep, hundred yeah. percent. Not going to play fifty games with Portland. He'll probably play less. They might All right, shut guys. Him down again. We'll see. Uh, right. If anything crazy does happen in the NBA draft, maybe we'll do like a reaction show uh, on Friday. If not, we'll be back next week. We'll talk about some early uh, rookie of the year odds uh, after the draft does take place. We'll kind of recap the draft as well. Um, but again, definitely shop around for the best numbers if you are betting the NBA draft. You can follow uh, me on Twitter at SportsNerd824. Follow Scott on Twitter at Rice Radio. Again, follow Lante on Twitter at XXLanteXX. If you haven't already subscribed to the NBA Gambling Podcast on our YouTube uh, channel here, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. If you haven't already left us a rating and review, please do so. All right, guys, good luck with your bets. Let's break these books off and let it ride.